Peace Corps gives us a chance to show a side of our country which is too often submerged. Our desire to live in peace, our desire to be of help. There can be no greater service to our country and no source of pride more real than to be a member of the Peace Corps of the United States. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the My Peace Corps Story podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Lloyd, and I'm here to help tell the stories of current and returned Peace Corps volunteers. If you like what you hear today, be sure to let me know over at MyPeaceCorpsStory.com and connect with me on Instagram at MyPeaceCorpsStory or on Facebook by searching for My Peace Corps Story. Additionally, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review for the show. Five-star reviews are extremely appreciated, but more than anything, I want to know what you think so I can better serve my audience. Speaking of five-star reviews, special thanks to Tay Fei, who writes, Podcast rocks. Five stars. This podcast really lets Peace Corps volunteers have a great platform to tell their stories to people who actually want to listen. Oftentimes, we, RBCVs, try to tell our story to our family and friends, and it gets brushed off when we really wanted someone there to listen. This platform gives PCVs a chance to really tell other people interested in this organization how it is. Tyler truly lets his subject speak their mind. He is not kidding when he says he wants you to tell your Peace Corps story. Amazing. Thank you, Tyler. Thank you, Tefe. If you are listening and you are a current or returned Peace Corps volunteer and want to tell your story, head on over to MyPeaceCorpsStory.com and find one of the links that says share your story or share your service. Click it, fill out the form, and let me know a little bit about you, and I'll be in touch. On today's episode, we have Catherine Fitch, who is currently serving in Ukraine. We talk about the hospitality of Ukraine and her first Christmas as a volunteer. Without further ado, here's her story. This is this is this is this is my my Peace Corps Peace Corps my Peace Corps my Peace Corps story story story. My name is Catherine Fitch, and this is my Peace Corps story. Hey, Catherine, how are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Doing very well. Speaking with you, uh, I'm in the U.S. and you are currently in Ukraine serving as a Peace Corps volunteer. Yes, I certainly am. And Dobre Dan, see? That's how a good day, everyone. <laughs> so tell everybody who's listening a little bit about yourself, uh, what you're doing in Ukraine, uh, and just anything that we should know before we get into your Peace Corps story. Well, um, I am from in the United States, originally from New Jersey, specifically from South Jersey. Uh, I lived there for 10 years of my life, but I lived in a lot of other uh, areas, too. I went to university in Indiana, uh, and I lived in Spain for a short period of my life after I was born. I was uh, grew up in a family that was very like service-onset focused. Uh, I'm a missionary kid. So my parents were missionaries in Spain, and from that point on, then they were pastors or leaders in churches, and so I often was like very much involved in service from that point on. Mm-hmm. I went to university for international relations and history because uh, of my love of people, and I, from that point on, knew that I wanted to be a Peace Corps volunteer from my first year of university. Some interesting facts about me, I'm double-jointed in all 10 of my fingers, not that I have to ever use that in the service, but it's just an interesting fact. And I, um, here in Ukraine, I'm a youth development volunteer. So I work with mostly youth age from ages from 14 to 24. And I primarily work with university students here in my large city that I live in, in Ukraine. 
And where where did you go to school, uh, just out of curiosity, in Indiana? I went to a very small private uh, college in Indiana called Indiana Wesleyan University. Okay. Our population was about 3,400 students, so uh, pretty small. I only ask because actually I went to grad school at Indiana University, and I was like, oh, I wonder if she's also a Hoosier. But I'll I'll accept uh, the connections. At least you've you've spent some time in Indiana. <laughs> yes, I have, and I I love Indiana University. I went to Bloomington like once or twice when I was there. It's a cool campus. Mm-hmm. But rather than talking about uh, Bloomington, an an awesome place, uh, tell us a mm-hmm. little bit about uh, Ukraine. Uh, what should we know about uh, the country that you're serving and that Americans may not realize? Well, I should start out stating that it is very safe. A lot of people are concerned uh, with the war in the east, in eastern Ukraine between Russia and Ukraine, that it's not a safe country, but it's a very safe country. Uh, it is a eastern European country, so it definitely has felt the effects of Soviet era communism. Um, a lot of interesting, it's a very historical country that is very reflective of its history. The people here are absolutely wonderful. I was actually meeting with someone today, another American who's visiting uh, Ukraine, and she was talking about the hospitality of Ukrainians. And there are someone, when you go over to their house, whether you know them or not beforehand, you will not just have like a simple like bowl of soup. You will then have a full meal. Then they'll invite you for coffee or tea. And at that coffee and tea, they'll prepare cookies or cake special for you. And then like after that, they'll expect you to stay for dinner. And it's kind of like the, if you gave a mouse a cookie, it's if you go to a Ukrainian's house, this is what you'll have to expect. Um, They're very warm and generous people. And um, the youth here are also, they see that there's issues in their country and they really believe that through hard work, through learning new things, through um, watching media or just taking in, in things that they really can change their country, which to me is very inspiring with everything that is happening in the world right now in our lifetimes, because sometimes there you have a sense of hopelessness that nothing's going to change and um, and with the people that in a country that has long suffered from different like political issues from the Soviet area uh, to the recent like Maidan res- uh, a revolution, a revolution of dignity, um, that they really want real, real change, real democratic, democratic change in their country, which is incredible. Uh, Ukraine has some of the best food in the world, in my opinion. Um, they most people know about Polish pierogies in Ukraine. They have a very similar dumpling as esque thing uh called vereniki which is my favorite like dish they also um i've become a borscht lover which i never really liked beet well i ate beets before in the united states but i didn't wasn't like something i really liked and now i really love beets i love eating beet salad often and eat borscht on a regular basis um and the i always like to talk about the differences between ukrainian and russian um Ukraine uh, is very passionate about their language, Ukrainian language. Oftentimes, uh, they get very frustrated that everyone assumes or believes that in Ukraine they only speak Russian. It is a, it is a Slavic language, so there are a lot of similarities between Russian and Ukrainian. However, it is um, it, the language of their country is Ukraine Ukrainian, and there's a a lot of like distinct things in their language that they're very proud of. Um, I'm in a side of the country that is more nationalistic and uh, it's interesting because we're close, we're close to Poland and other countries as well on the side of the country. 
but they're very passionate about who their country is as Ukraine and being known as Ukraine. And of course, like interesting facts about Ukraine ge- geographically, it is the largest country in Europe. Um, and it's one of the oldest countries in Europe. And it was one of those countries that uh, has been owned and taken over and been their own country multiple times in European history. And it's really cool to be here now during this time of so much change in their country. Mm-hmm. And then in, in working with, um, you know, the youth as a youth development volunteer, what, what exactly are you doing? You know, what sort of projects are you working on with them? And what are the difficulties that they're seeing as, you know, they're growing into adulthood in, in Ukraine? So uh, I work at a youth center. Initially, uh, when we had presentations about youth centers uh, beforehand, before knowing about my site, um, we I was told that youth centers mostly work with like elementary age students or kindergartens and uh, not like university students. So a lot of the university students, when I first started to work with them, um, the biggest struggles for them is that they have a hard time of like finding their own or like like most youth finding their own finding out who they are and then what to do with that thereafter so um but in ukraine they're so used to being told what they're doing and not to use creativity um from school systems that are left over from the soviet times uh and so the youth center that i work at it's a place of opportunities that we want to give youth a chance to be creative and to do something on their own and to see the results of that, whether it's successful or disastrous. So actually, um, last year we needed to renovate one of the, our rooms in our youth center. We're in a very old historic part of the city that I, I live in. I live um, in one of the larger cities in Ukraine, Lviv, and they um, and like we were in an old building that has a lot of areas that need to be renovated, and we had this really huge, great room for events, but it really wasn't set up or prepared for it. So we did a project um, where we trained project management for these university students. And um, and then instead of just being like, all right, now you know the steps, now you know what to do, you can do it by yourselves, we involved them in the project planning and design of that renovation of that whole room, which ended up being, at first, very, very challenging because it was like pulling, pulling teeth to get people motivated, to get them interested, including my counselor. Uh, because they just didn't understand, like, how are, like, we can't just assume that they'll have the right idea. We're like, no, but this is important because um, we want we want the youth center to not feel like the, my me and my counterparts' youth center. We want it to feel like their youth center, and that if we involve them in this process, that, that if they paint the walls, if they put in the floors, if they are part of choosing the chairs or uh, the projector or, like, just simple things, that it will feel more and more like their youth center. Um, and at first, like said, pulling teeth, and then from little by little, the each time we had another event, um, and it was led by a different youth volunteer. It was just really, really cool to see um, how the youth center really became theirs and how they owned up to it. And each event got creative. They wanted to integrate more different types of games and critical thinking activities that they've learned either from university. Um, and so that, that to, to me, is one of the cool things that I've been here. Uh, another large struggle for youth, obviously, is financially. There, as most university students in America do, you're financially strapped. Um, but 
it, interestingly here, it's hard to manage your time as a university student because usually you are attending classes and homework, and then you usually have to pick up another job. And you know, even though university is more or less free here, they usually have a stipend or a scholarship that they have to maintain, and that scholarship goes to their housing, their food on a regular basis. Um, and so there's always a sense of whether or not they will have money. Um, and so like, one thing that we also work here is professional development. So we talk a lot about like budgeting or, um, or like we give them a free place to hang out, uh, because obviously going to a cafe or a restaurant or uh, other places you have to pay and like, they don't have that. And so our youth center is just a free place to hang out. Like, um, throughout the week after 4 p.m. when university classes are over, we start to have a rolling of youth of university students that just come, and usually they just sit down and are just enjoying themselves here because it's a free place for them to be away from their dormitories, uh, away from their university, and just um, to sit and be with other young people like themselves. Mm-hmm. And before we started this conversation, you had cited uh, – building that youth center and working with them as one of your favorite Peace Corps memories. Uh, do you have another memory that sort of sticks out that sort of maybe epitomizes your time in Ukraine? Hmm. I have so many memories. That question was really hard to answer. Oh, it's, um, it, it's one of the most difficult questions because I, I ask it because as a return Peace Corps volunteer, People are like, so what, what did, like, what did you love about Peace Corps? And it's like, well, I lived there for two years. So can you please sum up the last two years of your life? And it, it's, <laughs> it's so difficult, but I want to provide people, you know, with an opportunity to really dive into something. So don't, you can, you can take a minute and, uh, and, and think about something. Or if, uh, you, nothing comes to mind because you have too many options, that's okay too. Well, this is something that has been coming to mind a lot lately, especially since I'm in my second year uh, here, and we're starting to repeat a lot of our older events. Um, and I actually recently talked about it, too, because it is just really random. So last year, um, one of the few clubs that we originally had at the youth center, we have five clubs right now. Yes, five clubs. We have a journalism program. We have a youth projects program. We have an English-speaking club. Um we have a movie club and we have an activities-based club called Nothing Club that all just started this year. Well, not all, but a lot of it started last year. But our English club has been around the longest. And um, last year, because I love Christmas um, and I really wanted to do a Christmas concert and as an excuse to get everyone together to decorate the youth center, to have a Christmas tree, um, and also to invite musical groups. And I have never planned a co- uh, until that time I had never planned a concert in my life. I've planned events, but not like had to officially make phone calls and invite group musical groups. Um, and I was in my first year. So my Ukrainian language wasn't great. Um, so I didn't actually, I had to find youth volunteers to call musical groups. Um, we had a very hard time finding decorations because we also were funded by uh, the state. Um, and we didn't have enough money in our budget to buy decorations for our youth center. So everything had to be done by hand. Um, and then we didn't find any musical groups. And the only group that we had for sure was a Christmas car- English Christmas carol club. We really was just like a master class on English Christmas carols, like traditional ones that we all know. Jingle bells, we wish you Merry Christmas, Feliz Navidad. Um, and it was a really great time, but it was also like horrifying because my counterpart and I, we had a meeting. We're like, okay, 
how are we going to deal with the failure of this event? Because we know that we're only going to have one musical group. We're only going to have this. This is only like, this is another problem we're having. And the week of the concert, somebody donated us a Christmas tree. Um, we all chipped in to buy more decorations for the youth center. A, a musical group called and said that they're interested in playing. Um, I, I had another Peace Corps volunteer friend. She plays the ukulele and she's like, okay, Catherine, like, I know you needed a music, musical group. Why don't you and I get together? We practice like three songs and we'll sing at the concert. Um, and a whole bunch of people were very interested in coming. We were packed when we started our concert and our first, like our, our little choir went. Um, and then after, like, it was just one of those things, everyone just talked about it being the best event that they'd ever been to. Cause it was just a really great atmosphere. Um, it was really beautiful. The like our Christmas lights were really cool. And, um, it just was one of those events that afterwards that we were, we thought for sure would be a failure. Um, and not really do anything. And it was just really cool to see how our youth center at that time, especially since we were establishing ourselves, we had a sense of like, wow, youth really are interested in like developing the youth center. Their people are interested in helping us. Um, like we can ask for help. And then after that, I kind of knew from here on out, anything that we want to do, we can do it as long as we have a good team to do it. And um, even though it was just something like very, very small and, very like I literally thought for sure it was going to be the biggest failure of our entire um like my first year because we we didn't have anything leading up to it it was all the week before that it came together and I feel like a lot of Peace Corps stories are like that when um you just think it's going to be disaster and disaster and it's just one negative thing after another and then all of a sudden just somehow like everyone comes together and being magical um and that's how it was and after that concert we're having a meeting about or plans for the next year um which is very unusual uh in ukrainian culture they're not known for ones for necessarily planning ahead of time um so the, uh, my youth center is unique in that we do like to plan ahead of time often and so we're meeting we're discussing the next year and i said well i kind of feel like our christmas concert was pretty successful so i'm ready to now start planning an english camp which i had once again i've never planned a, a camp before prior to that i've been a camp counselor in the past i worked at I, like a coordinator at another camp and i've assisted teaching classes but i've never like had to coordinate and design an entire camp but again it was just because the concert went so well and i figured you know i can i now know that um I have the ability to plan things and the people that work with me, like they're interested in um, really developing themselves and, and working on creating like new things because like it's an opportunity for other things in the future. So, and we did, we planned an English camp later on, which is also a highlight of my time here in Ukraine. Again, I, I can't decide, <laughs> but, but no, that, that story definitely, you're right. It, uh, it's probably very common among Peace Corps volunteers that you, you, have these plans for this project, um, the ceremony, this meeting, and you think it's all going to fail. And at the last second, it all comes together and it's absolutely amazing. Uh, do you guys have plans for this year? I mean, Christmas is coming up. Are you going to be yes. doing another one? Yes, we are. Um, in Ukraine, there are two Christmas, or there's only one Christmas. They celebrate Orthodox Christmas, which is after New Year's. Mm -hmm. So when you wish people Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, you flip it in Ukrainian and you say Happy New Year and a Merry Christmas. Um, 
So we're still we're doing a Christmas concert when American or Roman Catholic Christmas would be um, this year. Uh, we be we recently planned a fall concert and we got made a lot of really good relationships with local groups through that fall concert. So we already have them set up and they're or not they haven't all agreed yet. So we're going to have more musical performances. A lot of people are really excited about joining the English Christmas Carol Club, which last year we had our first three rehearsals, only three people showed up and I was one of those three people. So it was very <laughs> nerve wracking, <laughs> uh, whether or not we would have a choir, um, uh, this year, like, like I said, people have already started asking about when we were going to start meeting and, um, it's already coming together because of that. Um, we also, we built, we recently found a sponsor that does decorations for a bit events and they've already like talked to us about maybe doing something for Christmas so like there's a lot of things that are kind of already like coming together because people really enjoyed it last year and want to do it again. Um, I was originally planning on going home for Christmas this year because um, my my mom is getting remarried in June and she's bringing her fiance um, to meet my sisters and I and uh, it didn't work out plane ticket wise. But when I told my director that I was might be going home for American Christmas, he's like, well, how are we going to have our Christmas concert? Oh no, it'll be fine because like we've already done it one time with you. We know we can do it without you, which is also a big like affirmation of the work that like that I'm doing here. Cause sometimes as a Peace Corps volunteer, I often question about whether or not everything is that I'm working on is sustainable. And, um, and that was like affirming to know, like they'll still just still do the Christmas concert with or without me, which is great. <laughs> no, that's definitely a good feeling to, to know that the work that you're doing will continue in your absence. Well, mm-hmm. well, we've talked a, a lot about the things that you've enjoyed from Peace Corps and your, your, some of your favorite memories, even though there's a ton to choose from. What is one of your least favorite memories of your time so far in Peace Corps? Um, <clears throat> I guess one of my least favorite memories of my time in Peace Corps, um, I've done lots of overnight trains. And um, my favorite oblast to visit, so in Ukraine, how it's set up geographically, instead of having states, there's oblasts, um, which um, are, and they're all very different. It's like the United States, all very different, and they all have their own, like, culture. And one of my favorite oblasts to visit is uh, called Zarkopatska Oblast, and it's um, south of me, and it's a very beautiful whole blast. So I spent often visiting other Peace Corps volunteers there. Um, and I was, and the only way to get there is usually taking overnight train and, um, overnight trains in Ukraine remind me a lot of the movie. If you've seen it, Darjeeling limited, like the trains in India, mm-hmm. um, they're very old, they're rickety. They all have distinct smells. Um, and that in itself is exciting. I've always had very exciting train rides. Um, I've been on, I've made a best friend with, um, four-year-old, four-year-old kids who were sitting with there with their parents and were excited that an American was there. And um, other times, um, I I've become good, for, like not like good friends, but I had really interesting conversations with people from Romania um, and in Czech Republic. But the worst time was I didn't know when I got on the train that I was going to have the stomach virus. Um, and this is probably a crude, but it's been my least favorite time, like in Ukraine. Um, and it was a nine hour overnight train and I laid down, they turned off the lights in our, our cart and I knew as soon as I laid down that I was sick and I had to get up every hour to go to the bathroom 
And as soon as I got back to my cabin, laid back down in my bed, I'd look at my clock on my phone and think, oh my goodness, only I have eight more hours. And then again, the next hour, you get up um, and be sick and come back. And the very worst was um, I actually, um, I, it was like when I got back to my city, I didn't want to go on the bus to go back home. So I walked all the way home and it was just the worst memory. And I called my counterpart the next day and said, I'm not coming into work. I have the stomach virus. And uh, my friend who I work with, she told me, uh, she's like, yeah, no, he's really upset because he thinks you're faking it. And like, he, I'm coming over to like check up on you and make sure you're doing okay. Again, Ukrainians are very hospital. Um, as soon as I opened the door, cause there's like two or three doors to get to my apartment. I opened up my first door to, to let her to in. And she just looked at me and then stayed in the hallway of my apartment and was like, here are some apples. Here's this. Um, go back in and to get like keep sleeping. And um, yeah, that was one of the worst times just because sickness, of course, when you are sick and you're not home or you're not with family, the first thing you want to do is be with family or be at home. Um, and and the worst second part was is on an overnight train and it's a stomach virus, which I hate the stomach virus and I've only had it like three or four or four or five times in my life. So it's always the worst. Um, another like not so great memory, um, that I've had here, I learned a lot about grieving culture my first year here. Um, and it's obviously the loss of someone's life is very difficult to go through. Um, I, my, one of my best friends in the United States passed away very suddenly, um, in my first, uh, four months at site. And, um, it was the only time that I returned back to the United States. I went home for his funeral. Um, and my, I learned very quickly that, um, it's very, it's not necessarily rude. It's just not fr like fr it's frowned upon in Ukraine to be publicly emotional. Um, and, or, or like to be crying a lot, especially after someone dies, you, you can cry the first day that they, the day that they pass away, but seven days after they pass away. Um, you shouldn't cry because um, it is seen as um, like your tears are keeping his spirit on earth. And that was really hard, especially uh, being I was living with my host family at the time. And um, I was very like emotional, obviously, and one of my best friends had passed away and I was being like reprimanded for crying. Um, and I didn't know that that was why that they were upset about that. Um, and then shortly thereafter, um, and after I moved in out of my host families into an apartment, um, my host dad had passed away and it was, I got to, uh, I unfortunately experienced grieving from the side of Ukrainians, um, and attended my, like, a the day that somebody dies is the day that they bury them in, in Ukraine, like much of Europe. And I attended a funeral and. It was just so hard, especially because in the next week was my host sister's birthday and I went over to their home and a lot of it was just spent like just together kind of sitting in silence and in a sense of mourning, um, which in a way like it's been that was one of the most difficult experiences I had. But it was also like a very rewarding experience in, in our development of like my friendship with my my host family. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm sorry to hear of, of both of those losses in your life and then now transitioning um, to, a, to a lighter note, uh, what will you miss about Peace Corps? I mean, you still have, you know, uh, more, more time there, but just from what you've experienced thus far, what are you going to miss about your time in Ukraine? 
Um, for sure, the people. I I've become. I've made some of the best friends I've ever made, like made of my whole life, um, with my counterparts. Um, I ha- I promised I would. Met, uh, my friend that listens to your podcast, uh, Ukrainian that I work with, she'd be very upset if I didn't miss, mention her. But she's become my best friend here in Ukraine. Um, and the re- one of the reasons why is because she's from a different part of Ukraine where they are mostly Russian speaking. Um, and so like, you, there's a lot of things when we speak to each other, like we understand each other better than other people because she is speaking Ukrainian, which is like not necessarily her second language, but like kind of her next language is the best way I can describe it. Um, and so she and I have like a really special bond and then the people I work with as well. Uh, Ukrainians are the funniest people I've ever been around. They have like some of the greatest senses of humor um and like like to like play lots of different kinds of jokes and uh not like play jokes but like tell jokes and tell stories and um i've always been a person that's loved storytelling culture in general um and uh, maybe because i lived in the midwest and midwesterners also like to tell stories um and i i just adore that um i also really miss surprisingly i have not missed driving at all and i'll miss not I'll miss living in an, where I have to living in an area and going back to America and driving it a lot. I'm actually going to be applying for an extension, hopefully to live here for one more year because I really love the work that I do here too. That's something else I would miss big time is the youth center and the youth that we work with and um, the different opportunities that I get to be a part of here at the youth center. Mm-hmm. And then, what is something that you've learned uh, from your time in Peace Corps that you're going to carry with you when you come back to the United States? Um, for one thing, and I think most Peace Corps volunteers would agree with this, I learned a lot about patience. Um, they say you should never ask for patience because you'll receive so many opportunities for that thereafter. And that is a hundred percent true. Um, because oftentimes when we get frustrated, like in these cross-cultural, like working atmospheres, um, it's, it's out of just a lack of understanding on one, on either both sides or one side and I've learned a lot of just patience and taking time to to understand the context of whatever is happening when there is like a small conflict or a disagreement. Um, I've also learned uh, a lot about um, the importance of like relationship. In Ukraine um, there, there's a strong belief that you can become best friends with your, your co-workers and like that's often how your co-working setting is. It's not that you're goofing off and like making jokes the whole day, but like when you're and during a work day, but that like you you can hang out after work or and you can really develop good relationships with people. Um, and I think that is something I would take back. And especially in your European cultures, the importance of relationships in general. Um, I also. I will probably be one of the weird Americans when I come back. Um, one way that I, I learned language here was I would say hello and how are you to everyone. Not like every person. I live in a city. It would, I would look really crazy if I said hello to, and hello, how are you to everyone. But like to waiters or um, to service people um, or when I visit like organizations or any, just anywhere that I have someone, I guess, I'm there. I always say hello, how are you? And I've made wonderful friendships through just those simple phrases. And part of it is people are just surprised that you would even bother to ask that question. Um, and I've 
made, like I said, good friendships with coffee baristas because I was a Starbucks barista before joining Peace Corps. So oftentimes I'll bond with them on like, oh, I know that it, like that it, you it can be really frustrating or like, oh, like I understand like the beans aren't the way that they should be if it's like a roastery. Um, and I've made good friendships at the local like grocery store that I go to that's very, very small. And so much so that when I turn it like when I leave, I feel like I'm in like an old TV show because I turn around and I wave to everyone goodbye. And everyone says goodbye, Catherine, when I'm leaving. Um, and uh, I also re- like frequently go shopping in a bazaar near me. And there's people there that know me as the American there. And, um, and it's because, again, I say, hello, how are you? And it's I'm the friendly slightly strange American for doing that. But I just think that it's something that I, I realized how important that just simple, like telling someone you care about them and asking the question of how are you, um, how it's been so transformative for me, like developing friendships with people that I normally wouldn't have. Um, and that's something I definitely want to take back to America, even though I'll be a little bit strange initially, but it just was really meaningful to the people here. And I, I think why not in America too? Mm-hmm. No, that'll definitely be something that may come off a little strange, but uh, more people should be doing it. So br- bring that weirdness back and uh, make people start interacting with one another in America. We would uh, be a lot better yeah. off. I agree. <laughs> well, I've had an excellent time uh, talking with you today. Um, before we close out the show and I ask you for a favorite quote, is there anything else that you would like to share with uh, our listeners? Um, you should come to Ukraine. It's a beautiful country. Um, there are a lot of really interesting cities, so please come. Also, support your Peace Corps volunteers. We love the work that we do, and it's really cool that um, we get to do it. And if you know anyone that's interested in joining Peace Corps, tell them to do it. So, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Well, as I said, I've had an excellent time, and I like for each person that comes on the show to share a quote. So what is the quote that you would like to share from your local language? So I'll share it in Ukrainian first and then explain it. So here we go. Skilki mov tiznaish, stilki raziv ti ludina. Um, what this quote, this quote directly translates is to um, every how many languages you learn, you know, is in every person you become. And um, one thing that I didn't expect from my Peace Corps experience that would be so prominent is the importance of language. As I had mentioned earlier, language is really important to Ukrainians, especially since so many foreigners that they meet usually only learn Russian when they come to Ukraine and don't learn Ukrainian. Um, and so it's very important to them. I had learned Spanish before in university and in high school, and I lived in Spain for five years. And um, when I first heard this quote from Ukrainians when they talked about a langu- like learning languages, and that's like a quote that they say to each other when they learn new languages, um, I thought it was kind of interesting and like, oh, that's cool. But I do realize that uh, I feel like a different person when I'm speaking Ukrainian, and I, I do have to speak Ukrainian on a daily basis. I usually tell people I speak more Ukrainian than I do English these days, which is true. And sometimes I think my English is getting weirder because of that and I do feel like I have become a different person when I am speaking Ukrainian and then when I speak in English to other Americans it's not like a sense of like oh I'm I'm back to being normal it's just more of like it's I'm a more dynamic-esque 
or a dynamic person. And I feel that every time you have an opportunity to learn a new language, it's an opportunity to learn a new thing about yourself and to meet like a new person of that other language when you, so it's a quote that will follow me forever. Well, thank you very much for sharing that quote. And thank you again for coming on the show and sharing your unique Peace Corps story. I've had a great time talking with you, and I hope that other people will enjoy your story and find some uh, excellent value in it. Thank you, and thank you so much for inviting me. It was awesome talking to you as well. And there you have it, another episode of the My Peace Corps Story podcast. I thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and have been listening to the show and really like what I'm doing, I would encourage you to become a patron of the show. Head on over to patreon.com slash mypeacecoursestory and learn a little bit more about what I'm trying to do with the My Peace Corps Story project. With your support, you can help me grow this platform and help tell more stories of Peace Corps volunteers. By supporting me on Patreon, you get to learn about the newest things I'm working on first and become a part of a community of people interested in Peace Corps and Peace Corps stories. For as little as $1 a month, you can help me continue to tell stories of Peace Corps volunteers. This is a passion project of mine, something that I've absolutely loved doing. Yet, it's not free. With a little bit of your support and your ideas... I can continue to grow this platform and reach more and more people to help tell the stories of Peace Corps volunteers. I look forward to your support and from hearing from you. If you want to know more about me on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash mypeacecorestory or mypeacecorestory.com slash support. Thank you very much, and until next time, peace.